0: Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. Today, we're very pleased to have with us New Jersey State Fire Warden, Bill Edwards. A lot of people don't know that New Jersey has a forest fire service. 40% Forty percent of our state is forested, and, and these uh, men and women are responsible for making sure that our forests are healthy and that they protect life and property. Whenever a fire does break out, they do a lot of work. A lot of it gets done without a lot of public notice, but uh, they do an extraordinary job. So we're really pleased to have Bill with us today, particularly because we are in the, on the in the midst really of uh, wildfire season here in New Jersey. So Bill, thank you for joining us. No problem, Bob. Bill, um, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with the New Jersey Forest Fire Service, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Forest Fire Service here in New Jersey and a little bit about how many people you have on your staff and available to you uh, in the Forest Fire Service?
1: Sure. Sure, Bob. um, We've been around about 110 years. Uh, July 4th, 1906 was the uh, date that the state legislator put us into existence And around that time, he had a lot of awareness about forests, you know, with uh, with Theodore Roosevelt, Gifford Pinchot, who happened to be in Pennsylvania, was right across the river, actually did some work here in in our state. But uh, the forests in our state coming coming into that century were just uh, cut over, burned over messes and uh, folks wanted to change that 1905 the uh, forest reserve commission came into effect and they started the forest reserves and they recognized really quickly that they had to protect them if they wanted them to exist and so they said Oth- other we need our own forest firefighting force and so we started out um, then and worked our way up through the great depression a couple of uh, couple of world wars and uh, through, some, through some tough times for like the state and it, uh, had some large fires over that time. Uh, and, you know, I uh, evolved into a modern firefighting force.
0: Tell us a little bit about the force and what kind of equipment do you have?
1: Well, currently we have uh, uh, 65 full-time personnel and we have about 1,200 paid-on-call part-time firefighters. And so what we have, we, uh, we have a mixed variety of, of small fire engines, four-wheel-drive uh, trucks that, that can go back into the forest and that, that are very maneuverable. Bulldozers, a tractor plow, which is a bulldozer that has a plow unit that works really good for building fire lines down the Pine Barrens. Uh, we, we have aircraft, uh, helicopters, fixed-wing aircraft. That needs to do a variety of stuff for us, for us like dropping water, doing uh, command and observation, even dropping fire from the sky when we're doing prescribed burning or uh, fighting harsh
0: fires. Um, you mentioned prescribed burning. We just, uh, you all just finished a period of prescribed burning here in New Jersey. Can you tell us a little bit about prescribed burning, why it's done, and what your experience was over the past uh, number of weeks with the prescribed burn for this year? Okay, well, this has
1: been a good year for us, even though we didn't get a ton of uh, dry day, a ton of, of, of days to do it. Our guys maximized the opportunities too, and, and that's really and it's really a credit to them. Uh, we, we got about seventeen thousand eight hundred acres done, uh, which is very good for us. We, we set a, a yearly goal of twenty thousand, which we don't really ever reach, but we got pretty close to it this year. And and prescribed burning is for hazard reduction. Right now, uh, set forth in the air pollution rules. That's the only reason that you can uh, prescribe burn. And and a state as you're as you're aware has very strict air pollution rules. So you know, right now, that's the only reason that you can burn. But there are collateral benefits. Uh, burning can also benefit wildlife. It can burn. Uh, it can benefit plant life. There's those ecological reasons. Uh, there's forestry reasons, but these are always secondary to hazard reduction.
0: So when you talk about hazard reduction, what do you exactly mean? Because it seems almost counterintuitive that a service dedicated to putting out fires would be deliberately starting fires. So what what is hazard reduction about?
1: Right. Well, if you're in this business, it it sort of wrecks you because you start thinking of everything as fuel. Uh, you look at a forest and you're thinking just how what just how well is burn rather than what most normal people are thinking of. So forest, like I said, represents tons of fuel. And so what we're doing is by burning it in a controlled manner is we're reducing that fuel load and we'll return in various year intervals. I mean, there's some forests that we're going to burn every year. There's some forests three to four, sometimes five, sometimes once every 10 years or, or, or even more, depending on what exactly that we're trying to do with it but but the main reason is to get that fuel level down and then especially down the pine barrens which is very volatile there's what we call ladder fuels which the the fuel starts the the fire can start on the forest floor and it very quickly can find its way into the treetops and so what we want to do is is you get rid of that mid-layer of Branches and shrubs and things, and now the and now the fire stays on the forest floor, and, and it doesn't become that uh, that crown fire, which is very, very uh, spectacular and dangerous.
0: Mm. So the, um, the forest floor, I guess, fuel is it's things like leaves and branches and underbrush and things like that.
1: Absolutely, leaves, grasses, anything that's down there, and mostly it, oh, it, it's your dead fuels. Uh, that's actually when, when you're talking about forest fuel, it's always talking about things that are dead or, or, or cured, that's called. The strange thing is is pitch pine needles have a resin in them that make them very volatile. So even though they're green, they react like, like a forest like a fuel. So yeah, when like we have that pine forest, like I said is we're trying to break get that get that level of fuel up high away from the floor so that, that they can't carry through the treetops flames.
0: What are the main causes of forest fires in New Jersey, natural or are uh, set by human beings?
1: Well, almost none of our fires are natural. Like half of 1% are lightning. And because what happens is is most every time in our state when we have a lightning storm, it also rains. But we can get, if there's a dry period and a storm goes through with little or no rain, it is possible to set fires, and we've had them a few summers ago, we had several large fires started by lightning. Almost all your fires are human caused, and uh, in the past, it was almost always arson. And arson is still one of our main causes, but it's less. It's becoming less and less of the cause, where you're picking up more of the accidental things like um, uh, things like power lines and and equipment use, escaped campfires automobiles, all these things are now creeping up, becoming more of a major cause for right now.
0: So what should people do to uh, reduce the possibility that they might be the cause of a forest fire when they're in our Jersey forests?
1: Well, uh, you know, there's two things. There's being aware, especially if you're in the Pine Barrens, that you're in a, a fire environment, that you're in a, a forest that can be very combustible, and just being aware of that. Uh, the fire has been a part of that forest forever. And if you're there, you know, you just have to be aware of that. The second thing is it's just common sense. Uh, Most people are safe. And I mean, I've never personally, for example, had to put out a fire that was caused by a legal campfire. And that's, you know, in over 30 years of service. I mean, I put out fires that were caused by um, illegal ones uh, a party spots or a vagrant or somebody like that goes out and just has a fire in the woods but people who've gotten a campfire permit pre- prepared sites I've never had to personally fight a fire and it just shows that if you use common sense watch what you're doing making sure that combustible things are away from flames if you're if you're camping or if you're working if you have machinery that it's well maintained spark arresters are in place Uh, You're watching where you're parking a car. If you're not parking it over top of dry leaves, things like that. It's just it's just thinking and common sense.
0: How many forest fires does your team fight in an average year, if there is such thing as an average year?
1: Well, last year was a light year, and we had almost a thousand fires statewide. Um, This year, we're we're quite a bit ahead of that. We probably have. I don't have an exact number on my head right now, but I know we're, we're up around five, six hundred fires, and our and our acreage is up from last year.
0: So hardly a day goes by where you are not rolling out to fight some fire.
1: Usually, right? If it's dry somewhere in the state, uh, there is a a, a a wildland fire, and like we also cover North Jersey too, up in the Highlands and all. So we're we're going from High Point to Cape May Point. So there's usually always a fire someplace, and. You know, you get a busy, get, I mean, a dry weekend in the springtime, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to have 30 fires on, on a weekend or more.
0: And how do you spot the fires? Sometimes, you know, what, what measures do you take to see if there's a fire? Are you relying on someone to call and report it? Are there other things that you're able to do to spot a fire early on and keep it contained and controlled?
1: Well, I think we have, we have a, a, a really cool detection system. Uh, it, it's a throwback to an earlier age. We, we're, we're still primarily using fire towers, fire lookout towers that, that are staffed. Uh, although these towers only report less than 30% of our fires, they report almost all the acreage, which means that the, the fires that are have the potential to burn something that are out in the forest, that are in remote areas, the fire towers are seeing them and reporting them. And what will happen is you'll get like several towers. And they'll triangulate, meaning that, the, meaning that the fire observer or the person manning the tower will take a degree reading of the smoke from their location, run a line out, and then if another tower sees it, they'll also do the same thing. And where the lines cross is where the fire is. And then we all start dealing with a 911 reports most of our fires because it's a very highly populated state and the neighbor is going to see a fire long before a fire tower that's five, six miles away is going to see it. So we also get, you know, we also get 911 reports or the majority of our fires.
0: What sort of training do your firefighters go through and is it um, one time through at an academy or are you constantly training and and uh, refining your techniques?
1: Well, training training is constant. Uh, with, with our part-time force, there's um, uh, several basic courses to uh, to become a firefighter. More courses, if they're going to be uh, an apparatus operator, engine or a plow or dozer, there's more courses. Our full-time folks, we we're one of the few fire departments in the state that, that requires a college degree to actually work for us. Uh, it's only a two-year degree, but our section fire wardens are required to have a two-year degree in fire science or one of the natural sciences. Fire control technicians need 30 credits in order to get the job. Uh, so, we're, so We tried, to, back in the early 1980s, there was a move to uh, to professionalize our service, so that was brought in.
0: So, you're really on the cutting edge of figuring out how to fight these fires?
1: Well, we like to think so. Um, uh, we uh, cooperate with, there's, uh, there's research scientists from the U.S. Forest Service that we cooperate with uh, trying to figure out just, again, just why things burn, how things burn, and to constantly look at this. I mean, this last, this last winter we had a group from the Forest Service, was also from the University of Edinburgh in Scotland did a study on, on embers, on fire embers, and which kind of embers ignite fires and which ones don't. Uh, there's studies on smoke, uh, there's studies on forest fuel, so we're always looking for ways to uh, cooperate with these people like that.
0: Our forest fire fighters don't just fight fires in New Jersey, do they? We have mutual aid agreements with other states and sometimes if there's a major fire They might call on some of our firefighters to help out is that is that uh, how often does that happen
1: well we signed a cooperative agreement with the forest service in 1985 to um, uh, send resources out of state for for national emergencies so almost every year and in fact over the last i would say the last 15 years at least we've annually sent resources whether it's uh, individual firefighters overhead Uh, in leadership positions or a 20-person fire crews or uh, fire engines. Uh, Last year, uh, we sent uh, three engines who drove cross country. It took them four days to drive cross country to Oregon. Uh, They got to Oregon. They spent like one operational period on fire. They sent them up. Then they just said, look, we want you to go up to Washington State. They sent them up to Washington State with some other engines. Uh, They just got there and they said, hey, follow us. And for the next 26 hours, they basically just went house to house protecting homes from, from, from a large fire. So, yeah, we this is something that we've been, um, it, it's a really uh, cool program for us. It, it's a credit to the state. And, uh, I mean, I've enjoyed I was in Montana myself last year uh, for uh, over two weeks. And uh, it's just something where, you know, you, you, as a firefighter, it's something really cool and unique to do.
0: And do you see when you go out west, say your visit to Montana, visit your uh, mission to Montana to fight the fires out there? Do they have different types of fires, or the, the forests are different, and the and the uh, fuel is probably different, or is it pretty much fighting the same type of fire that you're used to fighting here in New Jersey?
1: Well, there's some constants. I we're trained. I were trained in the uh, incident command system, so. You know uh, positions a lot of your organization is going to be constant and the same but you're right uh, The fuels are different a uh, terrain is different even though even though we have some steep slope up in the northern part of the state i'm a flatlander i'm from the pine barrens so when i get someplace it's you know it's very different to be where, where there's a terrain and um, yeah fuels are different the fires burn different uh, problems can be different it, it can be very challenging but, but it also is very interesting
0: yeah, I'll bet. We are now uh, entering kind of wildfire season. As people go out into our forests, what would you like them to remember in terms of the, what they can do to uh, make sure they're not giving you more work than you, than you uh, want to have?
1: Well, you know, some of the sort of, sort of the same stuff that we, that we talked about earlier just about being aware, common sense, uh, looking out for themselves. Yeah, pretty pretty much That's that's about that's about it Just you know just just being smart and aware I mean like I said citizens in the state are most everybody is careful and, and, and thinks and but there's that other small percent that doesn't so just just to be aware beware that
0: And do you post uh, um, warnings that tell people when the threat of a fire is particularly high and they're different uh, whether they can have a campfire at that time or that sort of thing?
1: yeah we do have a website it's on uh you know we, we post fire danger on, on our website uh we also uh, advise our our partners and cooperators who have who are the land managers who, who have the the parks and forests so that they know if there's a, a campfire ban on or some sort of restriction uh, so that's that's the main reason also the media is very much especially lately the media is very much on this so we're, we're all constantly out giving information to to the a department to like to assimilate.
0: Uh, so Bill, what websites should, should uh, people visit if they want to find out what the fire conditions are in our various forests and uh, other information about the work that the New Jersey Forest Fire Service
1: does? You can find us at uh, njwildfire.org and uh, we're also linked to uh, the DEP website. So That's great. Just, so just look for Wildfire you find us.
0: Great. Well Bill, I really appreciate your coming in uh, coming in from the field to speak with us today. I think the work that uh, you and your colleagues in the Forest Fire Service do is uh, probably not heralded enough uh, in protecting lives and property and protecting our natural resources here in New Jersey. So we appreciate your coming in. You and all your colleagues stay safe during this wildfire season and throughout the year, and thank you so much for what you do.
1: Okay, thanks, Bob.
0: Thank you, Bill. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at Enjoy the rest of your day.